Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. I got some furniture that's heavy on the fur I got some pillows that occasionally purr I got a fluffy mop that never ever cleans I got a roommate self-proclaiming royalty Cause I got cats, I got cats All these little felines rolling on me back Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, March 22nd. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. That song there might be the one reason I get a cat. You can get a cat and sing that. It's pretty fun. Yeah, that was actually uh, that was a banger. <laughs> we got our Top Shot Hot Boy. He's got a cat. That's Trey Kirby. Meow. Meow. International Man of Mystery. <laughs> Taking it to the cats. Lee Ellis. <laughs> Uh, what have you done, JD, with these cold oh, opens? Uh, making the magic happen. Super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are, already in a good mood. Uh, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment, share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunks at theathletic.com. There are only four games on tonight. So we could very likely be hitting the beach on tomorrow's pod. Mm-hmm. So get your NBA and non-NBA questions in. You can email them in there to nodunks at theathletic.com. And later today, TK and Double G, Great and Gordian, <laughs> are back, baby, with a brand new episode of No Breaks. Now, here's what's going on with this. No Breaks has its own YouTube feed. That is official. We got that fired up last night. So please, if you're an F1 fan, if you want to just hang out with TK and Graydon Gordian later today around 1 p.m. Eastern, we'll hit the No Breaks YouTube feed. It's in the comments section below this vid, and you can subscribe there. We're working on the podcast feed too, but it will eventually have its own podcast feed. <laughs> Apple's taking their sweet-ass time. <laughs> Approving your boys. Uh, weren't we one of the featured things on that thing they did I don't that time, know. You know? Come on. No dunks. Yeah. <laughs> no buffs. No breaks. It's an umbrella <laughs> of content. Um, anyway. <laughs> yes. No breaks. Later today. So you'll be talking about, obviously, the, the first race of the season and looking ahead, I assume. Yeah, I'm going to change my shirt. No doubt for this one. I can't <laughs> wear a Red Bulls shirt. Well. It doesn't even make sense after the way <laughs> things went down there in Bahrain. Lots to talk about, Skeetsy. Tried to get two different guests, but they were both busy at the same time. So, oh, 
Ain't gonna happen today. Having their own pod, maybe, were they? Or <laughs> no, 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 no. They were having their own plans, whatever they made. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. You don't need to change red. Ferrari did great. Oh, Ferrari did great. Uh, maybe Graydon will bring like a piece of tape and I can put it over like a jersey, you know, <laughs> yeah. like when yeah. a player switches teams. Ferrari. That would be dorky, but cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so no breaks. That's later today. Let's get into last night's games, though. Some really uh, entertaining games, some interesting endings. Let's start, though, with uh, Tyrese Maxey leading the shorthanded 76ers. Yeah, no Embiid, no Harden. Over the East leading Miami Heat, and oh boy, Lee, it is. It's cluttered at the top of the East. It sure is. The second night of a back-to-back. Miami Heat went in as eight-point favorites in this game, understandably so. You know, they were rested. They had their yep. full squad. And you thought, you know what, Philly might compete, but at some point, big brother syndrome will almost take over here where a, a team that executes as well and is as disciplined as Miami is, they're just going to, like, take this game away from Philadelphia. But it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And when you look at – when you watch a team like Philadelphia last night without both stars, I think that takes off a level of pressure from the other guys where they're like, we don't aren't going to have to default back to Harden or Embiid at some point in this game. It's kind of up to us to now do it collectively together and that's what I really think they did. that ball was really moving around with energy last mm-hmm. night and then when it came to winning time Tyrese Maxey was incredible and the the target the guy who had a, a, a big bullseye on his back was Tyler Hero he sure did for the Miami Boy. Heat yep. they tried to get him in every single action there with Tyrese Maxey and Tyrese took full advantage he hit some side uh, sidestep threes but he just they basically just said you're the weak link Tyler Hero and we're going at you and it worked and it was incredible because again I felt there was a couple of plays there Tyler Hero on the offensive end threw some lobs to Bam with DeAndre Jordan out there it was kind of like okay we're going at DeAndre Jordan <laughs> but at the other end the Philadelphia 76 was like you're the guy we're targeting and they did and Tyrese just took over, hit those big threes, finishes with 28 points. Only played 28 minutes too. So I thought that was just really well played there by Doc. And I just thought this team last night, as I mentioned earlier, were like, guys, it's a collective group tonight. We're going to have to do it. No one's coming in where sometimes that offense, you know, not unusual with the James Harden team, looks a bit stagnant at times and a bit predictable where it's like, it's either pound, 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 or you're just going to go to Embiid, which is a smart strategy when you've got MVP-type players out there. But last night, that wasn't the case, and I thought they got good production. George Nyang came in. You know, he's a guy I've been criti- critical of in the past. He gave them some good production there. And then uh, Korkmaz off the bench as well, back into the rotation somewhat, hit some threes there. This is a really impressive win uh, by Philadelphia. For Miami, I'm going to give them a pass, although last week against Detroit at home, they got the win a little bit the same where they didn't crush the team where, which, where they should. So that uh, they, they will still likely finish number one in the East, but um, maybe not totally convincing. I think there is perhaps some vulnerability there for that Miami Heat team. Yeah, and Maxi took over, as Lee Lee said, down the final three minutes of this game. It was like him driving, a little kiss high off the glass. He hit that huge uh, sidestep three on Hero, hit another bomb. Then he had the block at the oh, end, yeah. the seal. He had that place going bonkers, uh, cheering Maxi instead of MVP for him. <laughs> uh, it was wonderful. And yeah, they got a, a full squad appearance, as Lee was talking about. And I saw Sixers fans after the game saying, oh, that's how we got to play. We got to get something out of everybody. But. If that was the case, you wouldn't have had to trade for James Harden. If Furkan Korkmaz and Shake Milton were going to score 20 points, you know, average 20 points off the bench like they did in this game, then you wouldn't have had to trade for yeah. James Harden. This is not sustainable, getting Korkmaz and Shake Milton. Maxi has been great, but the Niangs, you just can't get that kind of production out of guys. So that's what you are. You are a James Harden team. You're a James Harden-led team, which 
stalls at times, likely said it is a, a dribble fest. But the hope is that James Harden is a little bit better than what he has been since he's come over. For, yeah, it was a honeymoon for the first few games, but he has not been peak James Harden. And so a great team win and all that, uh, for sure, after losing to the, the Raps on Sunday night. You got to feel good. Uh, but James Harden has to come out and be better when he comes back. And, and on the other side, uh, the Heats, uh, yeah, a little bit worrisome in the fourth quarter where Jimmy Butler doesn't score a point. Uh, but when all is said and done, yeah, they had three guys score 20-plus in Hero, Lowry, and Bam Adebayo. And the problem was Hero, yeah, he was isolated on the defensive end. I think they sort of make up for that because they're such a good defensive team. But they, this is a real ensemble team when it comes to the offensive end. Like, they did a good job of, here, of you know, making it hard on Hero to score. He was 5 of 15. Uh, and then they just didn't get enough production from, from P.J. Tucker, who scored two points, and Duncan Robinson, who had six points. Sometimes I, want, I worry about Jimmy Butler uh, just because, you know, sometimes he just barely gets over the rim. I mean, I just don't know how great he's going to look here in his 30s, but they seem like you could just rely on Lowry. You can rely on Hero. You can rely on Bam. But when they're not all, I don't know, in cohesion, when they're not that ensemble, then they don't get wins. And uh, that was uh, a strange part. Gabe Vincent was also out of this game. I think that was a part of it. But, uh, yeah, the Heat are just one of those teams that they can't rely on one guy. So that that's the thing for me. The, the, you just have to be able to perform in the fourth quarter, you know, one through ten. It's it's a little Suns-like at times. Yeah, I wonder what the stats are. I can't imagine that the Heat have lost too many games when Jimmy and Bam and Kyle Lowry all score over 20 points, which they did last night. Yep. I mean, this has been a great defensive team. We just saw how good uh, the my, or the 76ers zone was against uh, Luka Doncic. So, I don't know. But, it, I mean, it's got to be concerning that Hero's going to have to play. He's an X factor for the Miami Heat in yep. the fourth quarter. Outside of Butler, he's the guy who gets to the rim the most. So, he's definitely going to be out there. You need his shooting as well. But we just saw the Heat zone completely destroyed by Tyrese Maxey, a guy in his second year, Cork Maz, and Shake Milton. They were just going at Tyler Hero every single time down, and it wasn't even much of a play. Sometimes they would run like a screen and roll up top to get the ISO on Hero. Sometimes it was just, Hero's up here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go right by him and then uh, get some sort of rotation there inside. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of like, I would be just nervous if I'm Miami because the Heat zone is generally pretty good. Uh, but this did not look good. And Hero can't be that big of a target because he has to play for them to be mm. at their absolute best. Yeah, he's an ultimate wild card, actually, I think. When you look at just like the Eastern Conference landscape, Tyler Hero is and how far Miami can go. But I'm 100% with you. He has to play. He's going to play because he can give you 25, 30 points. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in three out of four uh, or three out of seven, I should say, you know, playoff games in a series. Easily he could do that. But if they're going to expose him and really go at him on the other end, that's definitely something he looks to keep small. Your eye on. I yeah. thought he looked yeah. tiny. He was getting like thrown around by Korkmaz, by Shake Milton, yeah. guys who have had very disappointing seasons. I mean, Milton and Korkmaz last year, you know, they were kind of talked about as saviors for the 76ers. Last night, you were just happy to see them have a good game, but it came at the expense of Hero, and he just looked like a rookie. He looked mm. like a rookie out there who had never been in the weight room yet. It yeah. was weird to see. Uh, as for Maxi, uh, I think I saw Tim Legler saying this uh, for ESPN after they lost to the Raptors there, where they were like brutal in their mm -hmm. fourth quarter, and again, the offense. And, and a lot of it was the Raptors' defense, don't get me wrong in that game, but it was like just predictable, like you said. It's You know where it's going. It's hard in Orem Bead, and it's like the ball movement sort of dries up, mm -hmm. and Doc is not all that creative. And he was saying, Legs was like, yeah, Maxi just needs to be involved more. He needs to get touches and be aggressive. And, you know, he's a young guy, so I'm sure at some point, like, you defer 
to the MVPs that are also on your team, yep. uh, you know, or the MVP candidates in uh, in Bede's case right now. So it's like, but that can't be it. You see it. Just, uh, yeah. you know, they need to like fold him in. When we're talking like fourth quarter basketball, he has to be sort of the wild card. And yeah, he's not going to go for 28. And he's not going to have like a nine game, sorry, a nine point like scoring run, uh, you know, of his own every game. But like, he still should be getting touches. Absolutely. And Will they be able to figure that out here with only 10 games to go? The balance between yeah. Bede Harden and then these other guys like Maxi. Yeah, well, the good thing is he's a slasher. He loves to get inside yep. of the rim, but he's also shooting 40%, over 40% from three. So he has got some adaptability to his game. And we saw when Harden first came over, he actually really thrived. We wondered if maybe his, his numbers would drop back. So he does give them that other option. Mm-hmm. It's just convincing mainly Harden. It's like, you know, you've got to keep that guy going the whole time. So it's a, it's, a, it's a work in progress, but I think you've seen Maxi really understands he doesn't expect to be the guy like he was last night. He knows that's not going to be the case when the other two guys are back there, but he really can fill in some really solid minutes for them and, uh, and provide that energy. And, and again, both ends. I love that block. Oh, it's huge. Oh, my God. Because like, he kind of lost the ball there. Yeah. And uh, was it Struess? I think it was, it was Martin. Was Martin, was yeah. it? Yeah. And he got that really well. So uh, that was great. I mean, he's up to 18 points a game for the season, Maxi. Like, this is not just a little spurt he's on. Mm-hmm. He's been really good for them. Embiid going bonkers, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, when he was on that score and run there and even the block. That was fun to see. And like I said, the crowd loving him. And he's got one of the best smiles in the league. Oh, yeah. Tyrese Maxi. <laughs> yeah. He was calling for it last night, too. He was feeling it. So, yeah. Big win there from the Sixers. And, you know, you said the Heat will probably keep the number one seed in the East. Mm. Yes. They got still like this uh, heavy and a half, home yeah. court, um, you know, schedule the rest of the way here. But it's two and a half. And there's yeah. like Philly. There's Milwaukee. There's Boston. You know, you know, we'll touch on them getting another win last night. <laughs> like it's, you know, one bad week and yeah. one good week from one of the other teams. And suddenly you are out of first. Yeah, uh, they are, I'm pretty sure, the best team in the East at home, though. So yep. that home-heavy schedule could certainly uh, yep. tilt in their favor. And you also expect, you know, when it's two and a half, three games, a little bit closer to the end of the season, then one or two of these other teams might just uh, say, you know what, we're not going to track them down. Let's just rest our guys as well. Perhaps. Perhaps. All right. Another game. DeRozan, Zach Levine, propel the Bulls to the 113-99 to victory over the Toronto Raptors. He's got his bulls red on. <laughs> you know. Have a you know. go at it. Yeah, dominant second half performance. For yeah, sure. pinch me because it feels like November again. <laughs> <laughs> Big playoff season game last night in the No Dunks Bowl. It was a, honestly a must-win game for the Bulls, and they played probably their best game in weeks. Like you said, Skeets, this one was close for a half. Bulls and Raps were trading little runs in the first half of this game. I thought Siakam looked like the best player on the court in the mm. first half. Mm-hmm. He had 16 points. He was scoring in delayed transition. Just a lot of tricky drives to the hoop. Fred Van Vliet had 10 and 7 in the first half. A little concerning, though, because he was 3 of 10 shooting from the field, and his first two makes were on the first two shots of the game. Meanwhile, Zach Levine in the first half, I was getting very angry at this guy. He was passing up every open shot. I'm like, come on, buddy. Shoot a three. The Bulls don't shoot very many threes. You're one of the guys out there who can. But in the second half, the BAB Bulls, they were actually back for once. 21-8 run for Chicago starting mid-third quarter. The Bulls forced five turnovers in that third quarter. They finally looked like the athletic team from earlier in the season. The Raps, meanwhile, went cold, didn't score for six minutes, and Zach Levine finally started taking some shots. He had 16 points in the third. Raptors just looked a little bit gassed there in the third and the fourth quarter. Siakam finished one of three in the second half. Van Vliet went four of 12 and was just leaving everything short uh, in the third and fourth quarters. Bulls kept Toronto at bay. 
Stretch things out to 21 points, and that's really all she wrote. Devine. <laughs> Devine. <laughs> I like that, actually. DeMar Devine. DeRozan and Levine both finished with 26. Bucci was good last night. They were doubling DeRozan quite a bit. I said he's got to be able to punish a four-on-three. He was dinking and dumping last night to the tune of 19 and 13. But more importantly, the Bulls held the Raptors to 99 points. Only the second time they've held a team under 100 since January 21st. And the Bulls got 29 points off turnovers, which is a huge... Uh, boon to their offense. So that was encouraging to me. The Bulls came in needing to win this game, and they actually put forth a really big effort. Felt like they rediscovered the identity that made them a good team early in the season, right before they're going on a five-game road trip. So good stuff from Chicago last night. What did you think of Patrick Williams' return to, to obviously, the Bulls' uh, rotation? He played about 20 minutes, scored seven. Yeah, he was a... I thought he was moving really well. I thought he looked athletic, and I thought he looked aggressive, which uh, has kind of been the problem with Patrick Williams in his career is that he'll just kind of let everybody else do everything, and he's happy to play defense and rebound, which certainly the Bulls need, but he put the ball on the floor, got to the hoop. He missed an easy layup right away, but then he got another layup later on. He had a three at one point, and then yep. he did like a random 360 layup on the break for some reason. I don't know <laughs> I don't know why he went for like the super reverse, but it looked cool. But I'll tell you what, I'm very excited to watch Patrick Williams versus Scotty Barnes. Hopefully they both stay on the Bulls and Raptors for the next yeah. decade or so. They're such similar, like, build players that they're obviously going to be guarding each other. Came from the same school, both number four picks. Their jerseys look very similar, so it's fun watching those two. But getting him back, everybody was excited, and he actually played pretty decently for yeah. being off for quite some time. Yeah, uh, cool-looking guy, too. I, I forgot about that. Maybe Tyrese Max has got a great smile. I mean, Patrick Williams is a cool-looking guy. I don't know why. He's just got a good, and he's yeah, he's huge he's, as well. That helps. He can play with Lamar Devine. Uh, <laughs> was, you Lamar went with Demar Levine. Like, yeah, let's go, Lamar Devine. They look good together. Uh, I thought the uh, Bulls dodged a couple of bullets on the offensive rebounding from the Raptors last night. They got enough opportunities, but Toronto went six for thirty-two from downtown. When they don't have Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. I know he's had stretches where he can't hit a 3-2, but yeah. like, they just can't. I mean, Van Vliet, when he only hits three, and then I think like two other guys hit a three. Yeah, I think they missed Armani, 11. Armani Brooks was hit two of them. Yeah, and one was in garbage just time like, there. Precious um, couldn't hit anything. Yeah. You know, like, they just couldn't hit a three. Right? Um, yeah, I think it was 11 in a row they missed at yeah. one point there. Uh, but I thought, again, Boucher and Birch actually kept a couple of balls alive there for them. Boucher was actually really good, I thought, he last night. phenomenal. Uh, and defensively had a couple of nice plays there. But, yeah, it was that key third-quarter stretch there that Zach Levine, very, like Trey pointed out there, hesitant in that first half. Mm-hmm. And then he almost was like, what am, I, what am I doing? I'm Zach Levine, you know? And he, and he mm-hmm. started attacking. And once they got on that little uh, sort of run there, they created, it felt like, three or four turnovers in a row and just went straight down the other end and scored and, and sort of put that distance in the game. Well, I think you can see on both sides, there's a guy who's been injured that's not quite right yet. I think Zach Levine is just not himself quite yet. And Fred Van Vliet, I mean, this is just me sitting in front of my TV, but he just doesn't look like old Freddy. I mean, he's he is he's just kind of slowly limping around after his shots. Uh, he, he just doesn't have that same bounce and, you know, sort of in and out of the lineup uh, a little bit since the All-Star break. I wonder if that how much that knee is bugging him and will continue to bug him for the rest of the season because, yeah, it's worrisome that he's in and out and uh, just isn't feeling quite right. Gary Trent, you're right, needs to be beside him for them to hit shots. And then on the other side, uh, the injury front, uh, a little worrisome with Lonzo Ball. Arthroscopic knee surgery about seven weeks ago, and they've said his rehab isn't going perfectly. He's sort of plateaued is the word that they use, so they're going to pull him back for 10 days and just not have him do basketball activities. So 
I mean, that's really going to bump up to the end of the season, whether or not Lonzo Ball is mm-hmm. going to be there for the playoffs, helping out and really getting back that identity. In this game, I, I, it's an excuse, but the Raps three games and four nights on a back-to-back emotional win. They just had no energy. Uh, Lonzo Ball is, is a guy like that can match energy on any night, so hopefully he comes back for yeah. this team. And when you talk Lonzo, like everybody brings up like, oh, the perimeter defense. Like That's just like a huge part of how the Bulls got off to that hot start, and that's totally true. But I think they forget, and Trey, you know this better than anyone, like guy gives them a three-point shot, takes a three-point shot, was hitting like at an yeah. unbelievable clip here. Uh, you know, before the injury. So just like he's doing it on both ends, just being a bit of a floor spacer. So, yeah, that sucks, though. It sounds like he's not going to be back for the regular season. Here. Yeah. Bulls are 30th in three-point attempts, 28th in makes. They just need somebody yeah. to shoot him, which is why I'm like, anytime Levine passes yeah. it up, I'm like, I would take any Zach Levine shot, even if it's got two hands in his face. But, yeah, the Lonzo news doesn't sound good. To stop him from running and cutting yeah. for 10 days when there's like 10 days left in the season, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's next year that Lonzo's mm. back. Yep. So we shall see. Uh, big, big win, though, for Chicago. Uh, tough loss for the Raptors. They're trying to chase the Bulls in the standings, and they're trying to chase the Cavs to get out of the play-in tournament. And Cleveland loses last night, task, but the uh, Raps can't make up that game mm-hmm. because we had LeBron with the massive triple-double uh, dunking on Kevin Love <laughs> and then getting into a headlock fight with them mm-hmm. uh, as he helps the Lakers get the, the much-needed victory as well as they beat Cleveland. Yeah, it's one of those out-of-this-world LeBron performances where he's 37 years of age that you can really enjoy because they won. You right, know, it's, it's, right. not, it's not one of those, ah, <laughs> sure. 40 and a loss. You know, they came out and they put 131 up on the Cavs, and the Cavs, I think, were kind of sitting back and watching LeBron and enjoying the show. That's, mm. what, that's what Coach Bickerstaff said after the game, and you could just see it. It seemed like LeBron was in a gym by himself at times. The one-legged fades in the lane. It was definitely LeBronto flashbacks. I mean, he's good against... Uh, he was great against the Raps back in the day. He's great against the Cavs. He's 17-1 and one against the Cavs all time now. Uh, so he got uh, 38 points, 11 boards, and 12 assists. Again, it, was, it just felt like he was in the gym by himself. 30 points per game now he's at, officially, leading the scoring race, 30.0. That's a, I like that. I definitely like that <laughs> round number. number. I yeah. like that. That one makes sense. You know, we make up stats all the time. This guy is leading the league in scoring. He's 37 years of age. He's 30 points per game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, he needed some great performances from his teammates. Uh, 20 points from DJ Augustine. That's a little midseason pickup. He was 7 of 7 from three-point land. And uh, Russell Westbrook. You gotta say it. He's twenty points and eleven assists. Let's let's big him up while he's playing well. His last three games, twenty one, eight, nine, nine point seven assists per game, fifty three percent from the floor, and fifty percent from three point land. And only one turnover last night. Yep. Him and LeBron four combined. That's big. It is big. So yeah, yeah, and and two of those three games are wins, reps, and this one against Cleveland. Plus they were up in the uh, fourth quarter against the Wizards. So they they could have been 3-0. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the the fun here was LeBron and his dunk on his old teammate, oh. Kevin Love, <laughs> because his head was at the freaking rim. Yeah. It legitimately was at the rim. And, yeah, again, you can really enjoy it unless your name is Kevin Love because, as you said, he did he did the headlock, and we've got the video here, J.D. It's a real uh, headlock. Yeah, he goes oh, yeah. and gets him. <laughs> You don't see he's this on a court. He's trying to tap him out. Yeah, he looks like he's in the locker room like, you know, we're wrestling here. But yeah. after getting dunked on, I mean, he really pulled the shoot. He didn't want to take a charge. Yeah. Once, so yeah. He got the yeah. heck out of there, but he got him back with that nine-second headlock right there. But LeBron and Westbrook playing better. This team cutting, again, their their starters look like they want to pass. 
and they want to cut. Uh, they do give up a lot of points. There's no doubt. But I think those two guys, plus a healthy Anthony Davis, is the reason I want this 31-41 and 41 team <laughs> in the play-in tournament. I mean, they're not great, uh, but they can definitely beat people. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, LeBron just has a different energy, I think, back in Cleveland. You know, And, and uh, in other games this season, you've seen fourth quarter, he's looked kind of old and slow. This time they have a win. He's in front of his home fans. He's had the big dunks, having a great game. He was like, yep, yeah, I've got the energy again. And uh, they have been playing a little bit better, I guess. But uh, it's almost like, you know what, we're not going to do anything this season. And now there's pressures off and they're playing a bit looser. <laughs> yeah. Westbrook looks to me actually like a little bit more like he's broken the shackles. Right. Uh, so whether or not they can keep it up, who knows. But still, I wouldn't be overly frightened of this team you shouldn't be because you can score against them uh, it's just the Cavs had a bit of trouble last night in the end they were they were playing good enough but then it was that you know LeBron takeover that we don't see as many of these days and the Cavs didn't really have an answer uh, that to them is not a bad sort of idea of what it's going to be like in the playoffs so like things get a little bit tighter you've been playing really well this season you have to figure out a way to just keep the scoreboard ticking over and uh, I didn't think they were able to do a good enough job of that any notes on this one? I don't have many notes to add. I just love Kevin Love doing bits. Like, if you're going to get dunked on, like, as soon as he got dunked on, he, like, just laid on the yeah. floor like he was actually deceased. Uh, and then, obviously, he came back out after the second half, threw him in a headlock. LeBron said, don't put that on my career highlight reel. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know him and Kevin Love were such they're, close they're buddies boys. at this point. I guess he's fitting in instead of fitting out these mm. days. But uh, great stuff from LeBron. You could tell it was going to be a special night when he got that baseline dunk early in the second quarter and his head was at the rim again. He basically did a chin up. You're like, okay, 40s in the cards here. He ended up with 38 because he was passing the ball a little bit too much. Had to get the triple-double as well. 38, didn't hit a three and only hit four free throws or I think it was something like that. It wasn't a ton of uh, trips to the free throw line. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the jumper was falling, a little fade away, and then obviously attacking and dunking on it felt like half Mm -hmm. the roster. It's the old locomotive as well at times where it's just like, get out of his way here. But... uh crazy yeah I mean you do forget how old he is mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's it's wild what he's still doing here and taking the lead in the scoring race uh, why, why isn't that guy so they, there was that uh the viral video of the guys you know shooting and not getting help he was pretending he was LeBron and said I'm 36 you know the guy in the corner what's the uh, there's a viral video going on uh, it's older viral video you've seen it but the guy <laughs> says I'm 36 in the corner he's pretending to be LeBron not getting help with the Lakers this is last year when oh. he was 36 oh. I'm surprised he didn't make another viral video where he's 37 I don't remember oh. yeah you guys have seen it okay. I just didn't do a good job I told you <laughs> I told you it's very difficult relaying viral videos in real life or or memes especially memes. from last memes. season or last yeah, year yeah, I know. It's like year. if it didn't happen this yeah. last week yeah. I've yeah. Very, long yeah. forgotten about it but yeah yeah anyways okay uh, what about this game <laughs> Reggie Bullock <laughs> and the Mavs they hold on after a delay some crazy storms down there uh, in Dallas and they beat the Timberwolves 110 to 108 there's a lot to unpack from mm-hmm. this game, Taz, so I don't know where you want to start. Well, let's start with the roof leaking there. Uh, <laughs> sure. It was a strange sight. Uh, everybody looking up, and including uh, owner Mark Cuban. Like, what is going on with my roof? Uh, I thought he was going to go up there and patch it himself. But, yeah, very strange. And then I, I was just looking forward to the Patrick Beverly-Luka Doncic one-on-one matchup, and that came through. It, it paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luca hates playing against Patrick Beverly. That's, that's <laughs> clear. Everybody hates playing yeah. against Patrick Yeah, Beverly. but he ha- he's, he's had uh, games in the past, uh, playoff games in the past, uh, Mavs facing the, uh, the Clippers, yep. but um, he still hasn't found a way to just shed Patrick Beverly, not be pissed in the moment, not be 
not not let it get to him. It's still getting to him. Uh, and uh, he's, he tried. There's lots of close-ups of Patrick Beverly, <laughs> you know, getting away with a lot of hacks on, on, on Luka, which uh, I don't think that happens in the playoffs. I don't think you can get away with all those hacks. I mean, Patrick Beverly's just flying under the radar for some reason. I mean, he's a Draymond Green-like. He's pushing the boundaries, getting away with hacks, and Luka wanting to turn around and smack him in the face, but holding back. <laughs> uh, and and he uh, Beverly, listen, Beverly in the end, doing an incredible job on Luka. Luka had an off night at 5 of 17 and 15 points, but his men beside him uh they came through yeah because they were all wide open in yeah. the corner yeah yeah uh, <laughs> how many corner threes did they hit in this BJ game Tucker's open in the oh corner yeah. yeah it's great to see reggie bullock come through uh with six of 11 from the floor six of 11 from three yeah didn't step into two-point territory <laughs> nice. banging home those threes i will say the spencer dinwiddie uh line he only hit one three that is important. He can drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's he's comfortable doing that. Even though you don't think of him really as a guy who finishes at the rim, he's doing a good job of that. 20 points off the bench. Yeah. Uh, 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 performance for the Mavs where they got six guys in double figures. Not only that, six guys with 15 plus. So that's why they win this game. They get to the end uh, with that that weird thing that happened. Uh, they, <laughs> the Wolves were down three. <laughs> Patrick Beverly at the line. Yeah. And it was cool how he pulled it off he got the ball from the referee and he you know had it over his head like a soccer pass like an uh, inbound uh, soccer pass hit the rim came off and he went into the lane and got it but then the Mavs challenged that he they challenged that he crossed the line too early am I right no what did they challenge? It was the foul. Yeah, foul. Yeah. On he got the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that was They legal. called a foul, yeah, yeah, and then they're legal. like, let's go replay this. Yeah. The ending of this game was god-awful. Oh, okay, okay. And so it they challenged the foul, because he yeah. grabbed the ball, got foul. They whistled yeah. it, but they challenged that foul. Yeah. And so there was a jump ball. Yeah, yes. Uh, which it was overturned. Yeah, it was overturned, which was an argument, because they were up three. Wouldn't you rather just have Patrick Beverly go to the line for two more, rather than... Well, like, yeah, you yeah. could lose the ball and shoot a three. Yeah. Anyways, right. I guess uh, they but then they just ended up fouling again. I yeah. mean, this is the thing. Like, there's a great article on CBS Sports today about what is the NBA doing here with these intentional fouls and like even the intentionally missed free throws and the long reviews. Like, how is this entertaining? No, it's not. It's not, like, especially the intentional fouls. Like, yeah, that which wasn't a part of this. Well, it was. I mean, the like, do you think? It, look, it's a rule, and the Mavs played it perfectly. So I'm not, like, knocking Kid and their staff for doing it. But I think it should be changed. Oh, that part of it. Okay. Fouling when you're up three. We are just removing, like, some of the most exciting things from the game because the strategy says foul up three and put them in the line, and then yeah. let's go from there. But, like, you could argue, like, why don't we just make that an intentional foul? And shots in the ball. I don't think you can remove that. That's so hard to do because you could just pretend, hey, I'm going to defend this player with the ball and hack him, and he goes to the line. It's it's, Go go, go one step further then. If you foul a guy outside of the three-point line when there's like less than 24 seconds to go with something like that, it's just like this idea of like we're just making the game worse. It's boring. I mean, it's, I, I, I get it. You get the, the missed free throws, the intentional It's like all that, but no one wants that. We want to see a guy try and take a shot, and you want to see it defended. Yeah, I don't know and how you like, take that out of strategy. the strategy of the game. You just, that's All you do is you just penalize them. But the opposite is happening. You're incentivized to foul. Yeah, but like, if a guy's dribbling around the three-point line, how can you judge whether or not he hacks them? Like, 
you know, like anybody is hacked when they're dribbling a basketball. You know, it's deliberate versus. I get it. You're right. The the defenders will get creative in the sense of like, was that intentional? Okay, but last night, this one, where who was it? Um, Was it Beverly that came around a screen? Yeah, Yeah. he was shooting the ball. Yeah, he was 100% shooting. That should have been a three point foul. Sure, Sure. But these other ones where obviously it's just an intentional foul and a we're going to play that game yeah. because that's what the numbers say and put in line. I get all that. Like yeah. Again, this is like the right strategy, but I think it should be changed. I just don't think it's good for an entertainment product, yeah, which it, is what it, this is supposed to be it, at the end I of think the it's a little tough to change that rule to sort of er- eradicate it completely. But on the Doncic one... But why? Uh, why do you guys keep saying that? Well, what because, do you mean? Because Pen- penalize can... the people fouling. So... Free throws and they keep the ball. Yeah, but on that one, it's like it, it, you, you're just basically stopping them from shooting a three. You can do that. You should be able to do that. Okay, well, I'm arguing you shouldn't. Well, really. I, think, I, don't, I don't think you can take that out of the game yet. I don't think, unless you've got, I mean... Oh, you love free throws, so you're the last no, person. No, no, I no. Really I, I like pressure but... free throws, not free throws in general. But uh, <laughs> look, the thing is, afterwards, Beverly, he got the ball again and Doncic fouled him and like sort of slapped at him. Yeah. That's the one that I think they should look at and say... Like that's not really a foul there. You're just like you're just hitting him. Unless you're impeding him mm-hmm. in some way, then it's play on. Because I think Beverly turned around, and hit the three. Now he may have actually. I don't know if his foot was on the line, but, oh, he, yeah, but yeah. he took the shot there. Yeah, he did yeah. Look yeah. Um, this but, thing that I'm saying, get rid of, happened twice in the final. I, I, I know what you're saying. Game. I mean, you, yeah. the the last thing we want is reviews, reviews, reviews like that, uh, and and the game dragging out. But you should still be able to defend the guy and foul him. Without it then being saying, well, that now is a possession. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, this happens almost every second game where the guy, like Beverly, saying, I'm shooting the three. And they're saying, no, we fouled okay. you on the floor. Then we go and But that's a different thing. That's a different thing because Beverly down. was shooting. I know. I so that, that, that's a difference there. Like if the guy hasn't gotten into his shooting motion, then that, that shouldn't be a, a, an extra My point is punishment. that the, the team will stop even trying to do the intentional foul to get them to the line and yeah. stuff because then you're going to be penalized for it. But some teams still It's not a penalty right some now. Team, some teams don't do the foul, though. They like will live with the missed three. Uh, Jason, Jason Kidd used to not do not it. Not do it. Now yeah. it's changed. Yeah. It worked yeah. again. I, I, this is I don't want Mavs fans coming at me. That, this was what you should do. I'm just saying overall, I, I think it's something the league should look at because it's just not. It's not as. This is a great game. Wolves are back in it. You know, we get these like back and forth shots being made. The enter the, uh, the the buzz is building, and then a lot of times what happens is this crap happens, and it's like you're there or you're watching on TV. We're sickos. We're going to watch regardless and we're going to talk about it. But <laughs> casual fans are like, oh, another review or what the heck? I mean, I can't even see a potential game-tying shot or something like that. It's just, yeah, I, it's not as fun. It's the honest truth. I, th- yeah, I think the bigger picture is the the classic casual fan issue, which is a ca- uh, an issue for us. The end of games take too long. It was happening in the David Stern era. <laughs> they tried to uh, tried to address it with Adam Silver. Adam Silver is definitely has it high up on the whiteboard, I'm sure. The end of games just take way too long, and we're all exasperated by that. I don't think this intentional foul really changes all that much. The video reviews in general are the biggest issue of everything, and I think the intentional fouls for the first 47 minutes of the game, in terms of a guy just you know having a break, it's a two-on-one, <sighs> They just grab him for no reason. They grab the ball oh, handler oh, for yeah. no reason. That I mean, that's to me a, a bigger issue than and then this, you know, three point situation, which is you know a, a very unique situation where it's three points. 
and you just foul a guy because you want him shooting too. It doesn't happen a lot, and, it, and I think on, that's part on. of it the happens strategy. Quite a bit. It happens. It happens. It happens. Okay. I mean, I mean I'm we're not saying see it doesn't it happen. happen probably another five to ten times as we get in the home stretch here and into the playoffs. Like this happens all the time. You're up three, yeah. and then what do we do? Are we intentionally fouling? And then guy's putting his hand up. How do like, I on the second one's like. While he's fouling, he's putting his yeah, hand up like, yeah. I'm taking the take foul here, yeah. you know, the intentional foul. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't mind that as a strategy of the game if we had some quicker endings to the game. I mean, if we weren't watching Stripes, look at video review <laughs> well, monitors. Okay, but, this, but hold on. I'm saying you want it to be quicker. And then I'm saying if you penalize that, if you took, if you called it an intentional foul, they would then get shot and the ball. Teams will stop doing it. So then the game's going to be faster. I, I don't know how you determine if a thing is intentional. Then you're going to have a referee going to the video monitor board saying, hmm, maybe he was just playing defense. I mean, you could just... That's, that's going to be... The, well, then maybe you do yeah. need to, what I'm saying, go extreme with it. If you're outside the three-point line or something like that, and there's 24 seconds or less or something, and it's a foul occurs, then it's the same idea or something. Something to stop teams from wanting to do it because it's in their best interest to do it. Which is so funny. For a majority of the game, it's like fouls are bad. You're hurt that way. And then in a way, they become a positive for you. It's just a weird switch, that's all. And it's not fun to watch is the other thing. Any take on this? I personally like seeing an intentionally missed free throw. I hate (laughs) seeing a review. Um, And Lee is right that teams kind of just did start fouling in this situation. Like 10 years ago, just rewind 10 years ago, you're taking the three. You're probably not getting a foul there, you know, to send the guy to the line. But um, I don't know. It feels a little bit like an overthink to get rid of fouls in the last 10 seconds just because you want to see some game-winning threes. So I'm more with Lee and Tass on this one. Uh, but also, shout-out to Beverly. He did the intentional miss and get the rebound thing twice. Yeah. And he did it two different ways because he did the fast one, yeah. Yeah. which was cool. And then they got the Doncic play where this was just 100% Beverly catching everybody off guard. Like, nobody knew that yeah. he was going to do it right away. That was cool. Yeah. And then he did a higher toss one on the second one. It just bounced around a little to Towns, who kind of had to throw up that little prayer over the backboard. <laughs> but, you know, pretty well done, I thought, by yeah. Beverly to actually get somewhat of a possession for the Timberwolves both yeah. times. That's he, why he won the skills challenge yeah. at the All-Star game years ago. <laughs> he gave Luca one hell of a butt slap too last oh, night. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then He's we got the Luka butt slaps roll. right now. I Come know. on. <laughs> yeah. Egregious yeah. butt slaps. After yeah. fouling him, yeah. <laughs> he gave him a butt slap. <laughs> And then you saw the Luca eye roll. It's like, I mean, there's, there's your meme right there. Yeah. That, that should be one. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the game, Luca had the ball and Patrick Beverly steals it. The game's over, mm-hmm. but he steals it just to keep on going. It's crazy mm-hmm. stuff. But if you are the Wolves, you look at that and you look, you did a really good job, I thought, on Luca with the eight turnovers. You mentioned the shooting five for 17 in total. But Reggie Bullock and other guys stepped up. So this was uh, a big game. It was a fun game overall. And and the Wolves... was until the ending. Yeah. I mean, it was too with the intentionally missed. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the Wolves, you know, they, this is again, they, they have to answer these questions against tough teams. They got the Mavericks one more time. And I thought overall they were pretty good. I thought they were going to pull it off. I mean, Towns had that massive dunk, dunk. Yeah. Massive dunk late. And then they, they had that little bit of a lead. But yeah, it was... The strategy was sound, obviously, like anybody but Luca. but I almost wonder if they went too far to the extreme because it was a lot of, like, yeah. he's going to make the pass, and they, those guys were just hitting open corner three after open yeah. corner three, and it was, you know, Finney Smith included with Reggie Bullock there. Um, JD, throw up uh, the playoff picture if you if you have it available because this is a big win for Dallas here, obviously, in terms of, of where they're trying to land in the in the seeding race, and we'll get to the Nets Jazz a, a little bit later in the show, but the uh, Utah losing... Right now, though, it's still 4-5. Utah would have home court advantage against Dallas as we show this to everybody in the stream team. Um, 
you know, I've been sharing this every morning on Twitter. It's changing every day. That's the exciting part. It's like every day there's like two or three teams like flipping each other. Mm. Uh, you know, Philly back to two if you look over in the east and in Milwaukee down to three. So oh, exciting Philly, times. look at that. Maybe facing Brooklyn in the uh, first round. That's what we want, isn't it? It's what we want, uh, for sure. Yeah. But uh, will we get it? Uh, just some other games here just to throw in. We had the Hornets defeating the Pelicans 106-103 for their fifth straight victory. Um, Miles Bridges after the game said quote we had a bad February and we were dropping out of the playoffs so we just wanted to show the NBA that we're here <laughs> we are going to continue to play like this and put the NBA on notice oh hello um, but nice ending here LaMelo had a very tough floater in the lane with about about 10 seconds yeah. to go and then the Pelicans went to McCollum which makes sense but the Hornets they swarmed him yep. and they, they uh, just had a, ran a couple guys at him, and he was never even to get a, uh, able to get up a shot. So Hornets outscored the Pelicans twenty-one to ten in the final nine minutes of that game. And a quick Mason Plum Dog uh, update. <laughs> Here we go. Three for four at the line. <laughs> yeah. Switching hands as we talked about. He's left. Uh, he's shooting it left-handed now after he injured his right uh, finger there. Yeah, right and now. a couple of wide-open dunks as well there. That, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, he's a big guy as an athlete like that, but you can't give up so many easy baskets in such a tight yeah. game here if you're the Pels. But yeah, keep shooting lefties, man. They're great. <laughs> yeah, three for four. I mean, you're laughing. He's like a 35% free throw shooter this season. Uh, and then just one more here. We won't get to all of them because we're running a little long. Uh, Tatum scored 36 as the Celtics rolled past OKC 132 to 123. The good times continue to roll for the Beantown boys here. Uh, I know they're playing OKC, but Tatum another 30-plus points. That's three straight games. Jalen Brown, 25. Batman. It's sticking. Batman is He's here. He's Batman now. He literally was like in his press conference last night assigning roles, uh, uh, you know, Marvel characters to yeah. all the players on his team now. So, yeah, he's all in on this. Grant Batman Williams, he scored 20. Preyton Pritchard, uh, 5'11", uh, from deep there. He finished with 18. And they just they started this game on a run. They maintained the lead. Trey Mann, awesome for uh, OKC. Set a franchise rookie scoring record with 35 points. Uh, he had seven threes, but... You want Boston to go? You want, you want to go through the uh, Marvel characters that he assigned to his teammates? Oh, do you have it in front of you? Yeah, we uh, can go go through it quick. I mean, so, yeah. Marvel characters, huh? What's that? He, he did, did Marvel do characters. Marvel characters. Yeah, mm. Celtics Marvel comps. Grant Williams list. Who is Marcus Smart? <laughs> uh, the Penguin. <laughs> I don't even know. If the Hulk. Hulk. That's DC. DC. Yeah. Hulk. He's the Hulk. Okay, Hulk. Uh, okay. Um, Jalen Brown. Iron Man. Black Panther. Okay. Ooh, good one. Um, Al Horford. This is an interesting one. Dr. Stephen Strange. Al Horford is Captain America. Okay. okay. He's old. <laughs> Just like Captain America. Okay. Okay. Unfrozen. Uh, Aaron Neesmith coming off the bench. Hawkeye. Drax. What? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, my brain's not too hot here. Who's Luke? Luke Cornette? Cornette. Uh, Cornet. Luke Cornette. Oh, he's okay. got wow. one Luke Cornette. This, this is gettable. Uh, Hawkeye. <laughs> no. Uh, it's gettable, so it's one yeah, of the... Yeah, he doesn't say a lot. Ah, oh, wow. Yeah, Tall and skinny. Uh, Rob Williams. Good, though. Uh, Dr. Stephen Strange, the time No, Lord. no, hold on. Uh, hmm. Good guess. Can you give us a hint? Like, can we get it at all? The yeah. ancient one. He's a, he's a, big, he's a big name. Uh, Thor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daniel Tice is Captain Marvel. Jason Tatum. Iron Man? I, I don't even know who this is. You don't know who it is. I so, guess I guess you should. I guess I should, but I, mean, I don't. Morbius. No, it starts with a V. Venom. No. 
I know Venom. You know, Vision. No, Vision. 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 WandaVision. Yeah, okay. That's a good one. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, he's so He went through the entire team. Peyton Pritchard is Quicksilver. Derek White is Iron Man. I guess. And uh, <laughs> Grant. He didn't assign himself. Spider-Man? Who's, uh, there's another Grant? I don't know. Well, this Anyways. is the funny... Batman is... Uh, DC. Is DC, yeah. DC, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, oh so, that's right. So yeah. then he had to give himself a Marvel one. M.A. Udoka. Coach M.A. Udoka for the, the last one here. Take it home. Uh, well, Professor X. No. Hmm. Who is the coach of the Marvel superheroes? <laughs> I don't know. League, I think. Nah. The Time Stone? No. It's a very common first name <laughs> with a last name that is... <laughs> About yeah, Thanos. Sort of, no. Oh. There's no Thanos on here. Bruce Banner. Nick Fury. Oh, oh that, yeah, we should have got that. He is the coach of the Avengers, yeah. kind of. All right. <laughs> there we go. Wow. Okay, on that note, <laughs> we're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, we'll get into a little Is This News. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, back with the boys here in the Classic Factory. Let's do a little Is This News. Yeah, heads up. Got some headlines here for you. You guys can debate whether or not they're uh, really newsworthy. First one, we'll give credit to ESPN on this one. Ben Simmons has a herniated disc in his back. Timeline for return still unclear. Uh, Trey, is this news? It isn't news because nothing has changed. Ben Simmons is still not playing, but it is news because, to me, it kind of shows the Nets aren't going to be counting on Ben Simmons this year. They still want him back. They say he still could come back, but the guy just had an epidural. There's 10 games left in the season, and he hasn't played in 275 days. That's like a huge task to ask yep. for somebody who isn't Ben Simmons, not to mention we saw the way things ended in Philadelphia for Ben Simmons. So it's weird stuff. Uh, the best version of the Nets at their full strength, we'll have a healthy Ben Simmons. Also, a healthy Joe Harris would help. But anything they get, I think, from Ben Simmons this year is going to be gravy. But that's fine because they got the potatoes. Kevin Durant is straight up the potatoes. He's good enough to win any series himself, as we saw last night. 37-9-8 against the Jazz. 
clinical precision from mm. KD, yeah. I would say. He even brought back the teeny peeny on Royce O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> Too small is on another level right yeah. now. Mm. You've got the standard one hand. KD has pinched to grow an inch. I was watching the NCAA tournament over the weekend. There was a guy named Eddie Lampkin Jr. He, he had like an awesome putback, and he went with two hands for the two small to the ground. Oh, wow. So I don't know. I what would the add next... to that. I guess we have seen before. Uh, Rocking the, the baby, the baby. Yeah, that's similar. that's gone though. Yeah. I think I think that's gone. I think we had Draymond's flex, you know, where he would just put his arms up, not actually flex his muscles. Yeah. But then we had Rocking the baby. It's all about too small right yeah. now. So I'm excited to see what the next innovation is. But it doesn't seem like it's coming from Ben Simmons. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kevin Durant is uh, he's lethal with that too small. Oh, it's so mean. I yeah, feel like. I feel like that's yeah. the meanest one. Like yeah. hand to the floor. I get it. You're, you're small, but this is just this is real brutal. Mm. You know? I think it's it's like there's an extra layer to its brutality too because it's like it's one thing when a guy, a big guy, is in the post. You know, mouse in the house. You know, barbecue chicken. Just put you in the rim. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you're too small. You can't yeah. guard me because I'm a giant. But Durant is a perimeter player, <laughs> though he is a giant at yeah. seven feet tall. So he can do it to basically everybody. Nobody is big enough to no. defend him on the perimeter. So he's going to shoot over everybody. So in theory, he could always drop the the teeny weeny. Yeah, on yeah. The people. yeah, yeah. And, and I think he's going to do more of it because he's the sort of guy who likes to show. You, no one can get close to me. Uh, we saw last night DeRozan actually after he hit one on Fred Van Vliet, sort of. Uh, I don't want to do this, but he just yeah, looked at him. Yeah, he just sort of like, yeah, I'm not really going to do because they're buds, they're buds. Yeah, yeah. But Kevin Durant, he's a he's a vicious man out there, uh, and this was great because the the Jazz came back in this game, and then it was Kevin Durant's like. Nah. Get out of here. Right. Yeah. Uh, he, 15 for 23 last night. Man, he's just, when he's cooking like this, it's beautiful to watch. Do you think, Trey's maybe right here, though, that, like, are we going to see Ben Simmons at all this no. season? You don't think No, so I, I don't see how he could get himself physically. He wasn't even doing five on five stuff sort of before. This back injury, by the way, has been, you know, around for now at least two or three weeks. So for him to get back into condition, to get into five on five stuff, and then that's basically the playoffs. I just don't think, considering how the playoffs ended for him last season, your first time you want to see him is out there in the court in the playoffs because that's probably not the best situation for him. Yeah, I, I do think they bring him back in any capacity. Like, if he can come off the bench and play 10 minutes, you know, like a guy who's been injured can. He was, you know, in Steve Nash's words, working out hard for several months. And I think they know that the best version, as Trey said, of this team is Ben Simmons helping out defensively. And the good thing is he doesn't have much of a responsibility, really, because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and even Goran Dragic can handle the ball a ton. And they did really well to get Goran Dragic off the scrap heap because you know he's another creator that can really help. You can see how small Goran Dragic is at times on the defensive end, which would you know, be gone with Ben Simmons helping out. But Dragic is a great find to play point guard minutes. But he's always sort of the low man helping out defensively, you know, coming over and helping out. Uh, Simmons would just be so perfect for this team. And I think because it's not a huge responsibility, they would, they're would they going to throw him out there, I think, no really? matter what. And I Steve Nash keeps saying, uh, you know, Steve Nash lied to us when he said that James Harden yeah. isn't being dealt at the deadline. But <laughs> Steve he, Nash he, has had back issues. Too, yeah. Playing. Yeah. He said, am I hurting any of this? Or, or, you know, everybody's unique, so yeah. I'm not going to really comment on it. But he does say he expects to see Ben Simmons back. Yeah, we gotta, what, is that just company speak? Maybe. But yes, it's getting too close to really say he's going to be a starter in 30 minutes per game. Yeah. Definitely that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's also like, it's not like the Nets window is like, in, in Kevin Durant terms, it's like this small, you know, it's like Ben Simmons is under contract yeah. for what? Another three more three years? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is that, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I, I guess they like, they don't want to 
aggravate something even more extreme. And this is a back injury, a herniated disc at that. I mean, for a guy that's, what, 25, 26 years old, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be pretty cautious with that. And, yeah, you can mm-hmm. still beat anybody when you have Durant. And then if Kyrie is playing in some of these games, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, the Nets are going to basically just piss in the eye of the regular season. <laughs> they're going to they're going yeah. to obviously be in the plan. They're yeah. going to get in. You know, you know, unless Durant somehow got injured, like they're going to, and, that, and that's got to be a put con- up a fight against any of these. That's got to be somewhat of a concern for the minutes that he's playing because he's been injured in the past. And again, without Kyrie there in these home games, especially to close out the season, Kevin Durant is going to have to play heavy minutes. So, you know that that is yeah. one concern here that that Durant, a guy who has a lot of injuries, even this season, uh, you want him to be obviously a hundred percent in the playoffs. All right, our next headline. Um, didn't really have time yesterday to get to this. I guess it was when the news broke. But from The Athletic, NBA veteran guard Jamal Crawford retires after 20 seasons. Uh, took to Twitter to let us know, Tass. Is this news? Sure. I think he's retiring here towards the end of March because he was waiting for a 10-day. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. sure felt like. You got a guy like Isaiah Thomas in Charlotte just signed to the rest of the season with the Hornets after two 10-day contracts where he is on a heater, 10 points per game, only 13 minutes in each game, and 48% from three. Jamal Crawford could put up numbers like that, (laughs) I would say, and uh, especially on a team that might need offense. uh, But it's understandable. I mean, we've seen Jamal Crawford hasn't been – you know, playing the last couple years since he was a, a Brooklyn Net bubble man, if I if I am correct. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, so that was 2020. He's 42 years. He's old. 42. He just turned. Just 42. turned. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's I guess it's time. Although you know he could have put up points for a team desperate for points off the bench, just like it does. Yeah, some team should have signed Jamal Crawford just for like this last month of the season to see if he could get 50 for another team. Yeah. <laughs> 50 point games are going around like yeah. hotcakes right now. He's got them for four different franchises the Knicks, uh, the Bulls, the Warriors, and the Suns. Jamal Crawford is going to be one of those great you had to be there players. Yeah. Kind of along the lines of Nick Van Exel, I think like everybody who watches basketball from 01 to 2020 is going to have some favorite Jamal Crawford moments, like his crossovers. There was uh, the story that he never practices, like he had never practiced ball handling in his life. Yeah. And he's got the sickest handles in like the past two decades until Kyrie Irving came along. Uh, three, six man of the years has that crazy record for the four point plays as well. Yeah. So he's just got a couple, like a few things that we'll always remember about Jamal Crawford, even if he wasn't the biggest star in the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. a unique legacy, I guess people yeah. are, are saying. You would agree with that? Oh yeah, some of those moves in the on the fast break, I remember the one against the Knicks especially where he sort of you know went to the left, put it behind him and laid it up. That became, you know, he did that a few times mm-hmm. throughout his career. So, uh, and but this season as well, remember Joe Johnson was back in the league this year and Jamal Crawford kept himself ready and in shape so I am surprised this season he didn't get at least someone call him up and say all right we're desperate right now when when everyone was missing players due to uh, coronavirus and stuff that he didn't get a gig then but uh, anyway I'm sure we'll still see him around he's been doing some stuff for uh, the NBA and he's actually really comfortable on uh, on camera so I think we're going to still see plenty of Jamal Crawford 19,419 points in his career. So just short of that 20,000 point <laughs> mark that we've uh, And no all-star appearances at all. So uh, no. he, I mean, that might be the leading scorer for no all-star appearances. No. Um, 
Somebody screwed up Gay? 20. It, where's Rudy oh. at? <laughs> no, no, Rudy hasn't got to 20 quite no, yet. No, he hasn't there. Um, yeah, I think they're, there I think Tess is right because we talked about it not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe there isn't one. That's, that's a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, no all star yeah. uh, appearances. Nine teams. Yeah, 20 years he played. No. Guy just loved to hoop. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and you're right. My, I tweeted it. My favorite stat about him, and I just hope he has it forever, though I'm sure at some point somebody will pass him. I think it's 55 four point plays. If you just count the regular season, and he had another five more if you count the postseason. Cool. So 60 total four-point plays yeah. where he hit the three, got fouled, and hit the uh, free throw. And it's not close who's second, I don't, I don't think. think. Yeah, I think it was like daylight between him and whoever was next. That's a so. lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot. I know the game like changing. is obviously more three-point attempts and stuff like that, so maybe somebody eventually breaks it. But uh, I hope he holds on to that one mm-hmm. forever. Okay, final headline. From Real GM, the headline, but really by way of Mark Stein, Quinn Snyder mentioned as possible candidate to coach the Lakers or the Spurs. Is this news, Lily? Uh Yes, it is news, uh, I would say. Uh, Mark Stein is very plugged in, and uh, so if he reports something, it's not usually just uh, something that's he's just pulled out of thin air. There's probably talk out there, and, yeah. and there are some vacancies going to be uh, around next season. Maybe San Antonio, I'm not sure. Greg Popovich. Stein believes that Popovich probably play, uh, coaches one more season. And the Lakers, I don't think Vogel returns short of them somehow pulling off a miraculous playoff run or winning the championship. And I think in Utah, it probably is time for a change too. This will be his eighth season. They've never gotten past the second round. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're the Jazz, I don't think they get past the second round this season either. I think... Either him or Rudy or Donovan is not going to be there next season, and I think Snyder is probably the first domino to fall. I think he's done a good job with this team, but I also sort of think you see the same sort of things happening in the playoffs. They can't get past that second round. They've led. They've been up 3-1 and haven't been able to do it. Against the uh, Clippers last season, You know when, when Kawhi goes down, they were up 2-0 in that series, and they lose in six. That, to me, was pretty bad. Like mm-hmm. Kawhi goes down, and you can't finish off that team. So I think if you're the Jazz, you probably go, you know what, Snyder's done a good job. They've always been a consistent defensive team, an offensive team. But playoff Snyder maybe hasn't had the same success. So maybe it's time for him to go to a different situation and try someone different. I have no question he will be uh, a coach in demand. I just feel after eight seasons, a couple of 50 winners in there. So you don't think if they make the conference finals... I don't think. Yeah. I think. I think there's going to be definitely a change. There's this talk that um, Donovan's not happy there yeah. as well. They're you know same with Rudy. But again, I think if you're the franchise, you're like we're not giving up our players first. I think the coach is probably uh, the first wow. guy, first guy to go. He's I think like one of the longest tenured coaches in the league. It's probably Pop uh, Spolstra and then probably Snyder. I think uh, he's tied with Kerr. I think they started the there same year. Uh, yeah. What do you think about this rumor here from uh, Mark Stein? Well, it's definitely interesting, and it'll kind of show us what the Jazz ownership group is all about these days, because Utah has had three coaches since 1989. They Mm. don't change coaches, and yeah, the Jazz haven't taken the biggest leap, but like they've built a really good program. Like The Jazz are one of the best teams in the league every single year, and they play a team style of basketball that you kind of have to do when you're playing in Utah, so San Antonio certainly has to be thinking... That's pretty Greg Popovichy, what mm. you're doing there in Utah, whereas the Lakers are probably like, you built a really good team. Now imagine if you had superstar talent. So to me, it would be more along the lines of, does Quinn Snyder want to do something different right. than be a Utah Jazz coach? Because I don't know. I don't know. Would the Jazz fire like fire him? <laughs> would they scapegoat him? That's not a very jazzy thing to mm. do, but they've also got Dwayne Wade there now. They've got Danny Ainge there now. A lot of new voices yeah. compared to the past. So it's... It's interesting. I think Stein says in his newsletter it's sort of unclear even what 
Snyder's contract situation yeah. is. I know he signed a, an extension, but no one's really sure how many years and like when it you know when it ends. <laughs> so yeah, Trey's right. Like, would there be like a firing here, or would it be coming up uh, that he would possibly get a new one? I don't know. It feels like yeah, I agree with Lee. Something's got to change. They're running it back over and over and over again. It feels a little Raptorsy with Dwayne Casey at the helm, where they just can't get over the hump um whether it's a western conference finals appearance which would be an improvement i mean it's hard to see right now them getting there i would think that they run it back we have with mitchell and gobert and a change probably on the bench because you see stuff like what happened last night against the nets where rudy gobert is going up against a young player nick claxton and he only gets five attempts and yeah, I know Rudy Gobert is, we call everyone a, a bucket. He is not a bucket. Um, <laughs> however, uh, however, he, he, he's he got to be utilized if he's going to be such a high-paid player. And he does draw people in because uh, he does put pressure on the rim when he gets the ball. Am I blaming it on Quinn? I, I, I mean, I think, I think when you're looking at the hierarchy of this team, yeah, you've got to say, well, these are our players, probably the first thing to go as a coach, I would, I would guess. Well, let's hear from everybody out there with all three of those headlines regarding Ben Simmons. Uh, obviously, here the Utah Jazz and the Quinn Snyder rumors. Would you like to see him coach the Spurs or the Lakers more as we wrap up? Hmm, interesting. Uh, I mean, the, the Lakers are definitely closer to you know championship window sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. The Spurs are a bit of a rebuilding project out there, so uh, less pressure in San Antonio, but more glamour in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know. I'd go to the Lakers. Okay, come on, yeah. Quinn Snyder. Sitting there on the bench next to Jack Nicholson, a couple of jokers oh, in the same arena. That'd be exciting. Point. Grant Williams would uh, demand to be <laughs> uh, trained to trade to, to the Lakers. Oh, that just it just takes the Lakers Celtics rivalry to the next level. Right. It's two jokers versus one Batman and a bunch of Marvel characters who showed up for some reason. Oh, it writes itself. Right, it writes itself. What a crossover event. Skeets, I ran the numbers for you. Yeah, went on stat head. All right, you want to not name the top five players in points without an All Star appearance? Hmm. Okay, is Rudy Gay on the He's list? number four. Okay, good. He's number four. Feel good about four. that. Uh, so Jamal Crawford, obviously. Number one, yeah. Jamal Crawford. Oh, it is number one. Yep. Nice. All right, yeah. good call. Uh, uh, CJ McCollum? No, I would say probably not enough seasons yet. Cause... Now, Jameson made an ulcer. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. Rod Strickland? Nope. Not points. Right. Uh, one guy Conley. you might hear his voice still. Derek Harper? Yeah. No. No, Didn't get there with no, points no, no. Wise. But they, I believe they were teammates in college. You have to be an old man to know this one and be from Illinois as well. Lee, I bet you've talked to this guy. Maybe uh-huh. if you heard him on Sirius XM Radio. Eddie. Eddie, Eddie Johnson. Oh, Johnson. oh, Eddie Johnson. <laughs> Eddie Johnson, yeah. number two. Uh, number three. Number three, a recent player, uh, a Jamal Crawford-like kind of player as well. Got a championship uh, later in his career. Hmm. Got a tattoo of his championship on his arm. Jason Terry. Jason Terry. Terry. And number five, perhaps the greatest alley-oop thrower in NBA history. Andre Miller. Solid score as well. Andre Miller. There you go. That is a lot of points. How many? 16,278. Wow. Had a 52-point mm. game once upon a time, That's didn't true. He? A weird one. That's true. All right, we're going to take uh, our final break here. When we come back, we have a very, very fun Tweet of the Night and Pick'em Results and tonight's Pick'em Game. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? 
Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Give me some Raptor news. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, this one's for the Raptors fans out there. At Bodog, CA, <laughs> tweeted yesterday something that got uh, the Raptors faithful all worked up in a tizzy. <laughs> Do you agree with this list of all-time mm. Raptors, asked Bodog CA. <laughs> and the list here, I'll read it for everybody that's listening to the podcast. You're seeing it here on the stream team on YouTube. Top 10 Raptors. One, Lowry. Two, Vince. Three, Bosch. Four, DeRozan. Five, Kawhi. Six, Mighty Mouse, Damon Stoudemire. Seven, Tracy McGrady. Eight, Antonio Davis. Nine, Pascal Siakam. And 10, Morris Peterson. Um... Tass, uh, again, there were some some Raptors fans who are very, very upset with this list. I would say notably not happy McGrady was on the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did play less than 200 games yeah. uh, for Toronto. He averaged like, I don't know, 10 or 11 points per game. Yeah. You know, as a rookie, he played First there. three years of his career, yeah. high schooler. Just because, yeah. just the name recognition. That's exactly. Why he's I mean, on he's there. a Hall of Famer, but it wasn't because of what he did with Toronto. Where's Hakeem Olajuwon? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then other people, I would say, pretty upset. Uh, Mr. Hams himself, Jose Calderon, mm. is not cracking that. He played over 500 games for the Raptors, uh, in you know, for a while there. Led a lot of categories. Maybe a Valanciunas. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you probably want Jorge on there, Garbajosa. But anyway, I, I wouldn't do that. Well, what would you think of that list? Where, what are they screwing up there, Bodog CA? Well, I love how they were pressured. They were told this ain't right, and they came <laughs> well, out. Yeah. With, they came out with a revised one. Oh, you want to see the revised one right now? <laughs> sure. All right, throw it I up, guess. JD. and then I'll revise the revised one. Well, because... there's some hashtag snark here. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, they this... said uh, after I didn't know it was this upset, jokey. I didn't know it was. This oh jokey. yeah. Oh yeah. They were like, okay, we'll just put Jose Calderon at the number one spot, <laughs> fifth and sixth and eighth, and oh. then there's your Akeem Olajuwon. There, I didn't know that. Master P. Uh, Tracy sticks ha, ha, on there. Ah, oh, Boogie ha, Williams, Elvin Williams. Yeah. So uh, and Scotty Barnes too. So yeah, they were. Look, you know, they were, yeah, they saw the comments and they said, okay, well, here you go. That's sort of funny. But <laughs> uh, funny. but the I, actual list. Well, they were pressured and, and it was determined that they weren't right. The fans <laughs> who have watched 25 years of Raptors basketball know what they're talking about. And I will say, right at the top, Kyle Lowry should be number one. I think DeRozan yep. should be number two. Okay. Uh, I think Vince should be number three. Okay. Now, you can jumble those around if you want. Uh, but I, I think those three are the linchpins of it. Right. Lowry, DeRozan, Vince Carter. Then I think Bosch is a clear number four for me. Seven years with the Raps, five all-star appearances. You don't screw with that. I mean, that's (laughs) longevity and all-star appearances. Then, as you said, Skeets, maybe people mad that there aren't sort of fan favorites like Jose Calderon and all that. But to me, we're getting to a point in Raptors history where you can fill out a top 10 with accomplished all-stars rather than just feel-good stories, like feel-good players, yeah. like guys who've been there for a long time, like Morris Peters and Jose Calderon. So for me, after Bosch at four, I, I've got a bunch of guys who've been there for years and are all-stars. I think you could put in Pascal Siakam, six years yeah. and, and an all-star appearance. you got to squeeze in Kawhi. He won a championship. Fred Van Vliet as well, long-tenured Raptor with an all-star appearance. Antonio Davis as well. 
he squeezes in for me four and a half seasons and an all-star. So that's five through eight for me. And then, okay, there's not enough accomplishments at the nine and 10 spot where you have to exclude sort of fan favorites because nine and 10 are fan favorites, really, to me. That's that's the category. Alvin Williams and or Damon Stoudemire, who right. did win a Rookie of the Year, and or Jose Calderon, and or Morris Peterson. Okay. So, so to me, the guys who made the all-star appearance and a championship in Kawhi, those are the top eight and then... You know, some fun at the bottom. Okay, so it sounds like I mean, basically, there the top was somewhat right, but you think DeRozan should be higher, especially than like a Bosch, like they had him on the list. Oh, not no question, right? DeRozan, you get extra points for being dealt away rather than not, you know, <laughs> than demanding. Uh, then, then, yes, I mean, Vince also sort of demanded, but yeah, yeah, different reasons there. And then you had Van Vliet, who over the last three seasons is averaging twenty-seven and four, and like you said, made an All-Star team, and I, I think he is on the list too. I mean. He's he's above Morris Peterson. He's, I mean, I would have him probably above like an Antonio Davis too. But yeah, well, they, that's when when they put out top ten, they need to be specific, like just favorite players, like accomplishments, you know, like because because <laughs> yeah, top you ten can't, Raptors, you can't, all time Raptors. I, I love Mo Pete. I've got the Mo Pete jersey. I always, yeah. I've got two Mo Pete jerseys. Of course, he's going to be like number five on my list, but he's not really there in terms of accomplishments. If you go on straight out fan favorites, I think JYD's on there. <laughs> for sure. You know what? Oh God, we're not going to do what about this. <laughs> I'm still playing what about this guy because a guy who was loved by Raptors fans while he was in Toronto but kind of forgotten is Amir Johnson. People love oh. Amir Johnson. <laughs> yes, he was. No, that's true. He's, he's, not walk. Make, he's not going to make this type of list. Well, they don't specif- specify what the list is. I mean, they just throw names What do you there. think all-time Raptors means when they tweet that <laughs> and like, top like, uh, But what, is that based on opinion or is Reggie it based Evans? on fact? Is it based on games played? Well, it's it obviously based on, on opinion, but uh, the point is like... Yeah, okay. I think, they're, I think they, they were looking for a fight they had that second one ready to go and it worked because we're talking about it. it's tweet of the night people are, and they know people do love that like how then you put someone at number six and not number five that's that's so disrespectful right, right. you know so but Kawhi Leonard's got to be up there too I mean Kawhi Leonard played 84 games for the Raptors <laughs> if you include the postseason yeah well that's the crazy thing that's I think insane he, if he, didn't he rest his fourth game or something like that mm-hmm. or he played game. 60 regular season games yeah. and 24 in the uh, in the run to the title but but he has to be on this list absolutely yeah. absolutely he's going to get a statue or some sort of recognition at some point he has to he has to <laughs> okay <laughs> I don't know about a statue 84 no. <laughs> small one okay would you rather have one season of Kawhi Leonard or like how many did Mo Pete or, or all of the Amir Johnson yeah, seasons yeah, yeah give me the Kawhi yeah. no offense to Amir yeah All right. anyway great yeah, fun, stuff fun fun yeah obviously a great tweet got the Perfect. engagement exactly. had the second they one just... little laugh to go <laughs> and uh, there you go just do this for every team and uh, you'll, oh, you'll yeah. get replies. I mean, I think you could have had the same. Uh, you could have still had a spicy discussion if you kept it at five. There's five quality ones for the Raptors' top five, as we saw. And then you could still have an argument like, could you put Damon Stoudemire ahead of Kawhi Leonard, you know, just for being there a little bit longer. But right. Mo Peterson makes the list for me as well, because if it wasn't for Mo Pete, we wouldn't have Mo Verney. That's right. <laughs> It's very important. It's very, very true. Uh, oh, I'd love to hear Mo Verney's top 10 rap. Oh, all yeah, the time. exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen. Uh, okay, let's get to pick'em results last night. It was the Raptors Bulls. Uh, Chicago favored by four and a half at home. This brought to you by BetMGM. And a lot of us were taking the Bulls, myself included. Noted Raptors fans. 
I mean, I went against my team, but uh, I did not like this uh, this schedule loss, which I thought was coming into play there last night. And the Bulls getting Patrick Williams back, and they needed that win. And they got and they got it done. They got took care of business. So Tass is the only one that picks up the L. Win for Trey, win for me, win for Lee. We got a three-way tie atop the leaderboard. Us three, eight and seven. All right, Trey, Tass, and myself. Lee, six and nine. Nice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're two games back, but still a, a lot of basketball to be played here in the month of March. So this is a big one here. Anybody could lose. This is my favorite part. What's the game uh, tonight, Tass? Only four on. Only four on. Yeah, the rest of the slate, Warriors at the Magic, the Bulls at the Bucks. It's a seven and a half point line Ooh. for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Juicy. <laughs> uh, and the Clippers are visiting the Nuggets. All fairly large lines, those three games. The game we're going with, the closest line, the tightest line. The Hawks are visiting the Knicks. The Knicks are one-and-a-half-point dogs, mm. although that's expanded to two-and-a-half points. Uh, but Because Randall. Because of Julius Randall's yeah. news, yes. He is not playing tonight. A couple of us uh, feeling the Knicks, of course. Three of us, actually. Skeets, Trey, and myself. Did I say Knicks? Yeah. Mm. Skeets, Trey, and myself, <laughs> the Hawks in New York are, are riding ATL to bounce back after that loss to... Uh, Almost near loss to Charlotte. What did what happened? They, they lost, lost to Charlotte. Yeah, I'm sorry. Lost, yeah. Near loss to the Grizzlies beforehand. Excuse me. I'm all over the place. They're going into New York. Lee, the only one with the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I do not emoji. feel confident about this pick. <laughs> in fact, in the uh, Slack channel this morning, when Tass gave us the game, I put woof. Yeah. As I was like, I don't know. I mean, the Knicks. Like, I don't think they're making the play-in, but if they lose this, they're definitely not making it. So I guess they're playing for that. Are they helped out by no Julius well, Randle? I mean, we didn't know that at the time we are making the picks yeah. in the morning, and then it come out about an hour or two later. You said, just before the show, you said Julius Randle's out, and I was like, initially, I was like, ah, oh, damn. But then I'm like, uh, we yeah. just saw the Sixers last night without yeah. two of their stars put in a great performance. So maybe, I don't know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, putting your faith in the Knicks to keep you alive in the pick I don't also feel all that confident right. about my Right, no, picks. for sure, for sure. But the Hawks are Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, One night sure. they look great like against the Grizzlies, and the next night they look bad, so who knows? Great comment from Ziggy and the stream team. Yeah. Julius Randle is just worth one point. Ouch. In terms of the line, it's, mm. it's mm. a good point. That's a very good point. Bad season for the Knicks. All right, well, good luck to everybody. That Hawks-Knicks game, only four on tonight. Uh, strange, because there's no college men's basketball no men's. Yeah. a little weird uh, but we will be back tomorrow to talk about those four games any of the NBA news and maybe some of your questions when we hit the beach so send them in nodunksattheathletic.com you can tweet them in at nodunksinc inc or you can drop them in the YouTube comments section below grab yourself an athletic subscription go to theathletic.com slash nodunks dollar a month for up to six months that deal is still hot so take advantage of that go get your nodunks merch over at nodunks.com uh, we got a fun new t-shirt on the way I, I hey i don't want to jinx anything we might have it up in the next day or two hey, wow yeah hey, breaking tea man i mean perfectly named company hmm. you know <laughs> it moved quick you got an idea hmm. we send it to the guys over there boom yeah two hours later like here's the shirt let's go okay. all right just thinking maybe we should delay it just to give it a bit more emphasis as to what the shirt is you know what i'm saying you're saying it was going to be there in two days but it's not there for four days don't make me angry. <laughs> you don't want to see me when I'm angry. Classic. Uh, yeah, yeah, well yeah. Worked. I, I think this will be a really fun shirt that a lot of you will get a kick out, so we'll keep you posted on that. But if you want any of our shirts that are still available, go to nodunks.com, T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, no breaks. Coming up later today, our F1 podcast, TK and Graydon Gordian 
No Breaks has its own YouTube feed, so make sure you subscribe to that. And uh, until the podcast feed gets up and humming along, we'll be dropping that one just here in the No Dunks feed. All right. Until tomorrow, or until later today, I should say. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I hope you have yourself a great night. Embrace the day, people. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.